0: Well, hello and God bless. Welcome back to the Bible Teaching Channel of A Love Outreach. My name is Dave Nelson. We are going to actually today take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter seven. Ordinarily on a Sunday like this, I'm doing a study through the book of Acts. Um, I've come up to Acts chapter 17 and uh, covered the first six verses of that. However, I... um, am not prepared yet to go ahead and do the rest of Acts chapter 17, so uh, we'll do that at a future time, most likely on one of our Sunday teachings. But this week, we've been going through the book of 1 Corinthians, kind of verse by verse, just reading our way through. It's not something that I've prepared any notes for. It's just something that... uh, I decided to kind of do an impromptu teaching on the book of 1 Corinthians. And uh, if you haven't seen any of our past teachings on the book of 1 Corinthians, you can uh, find them all online, either on a, in podcast format. Um, we're pretty much on every uh, podcast platform that's out there. So if you didn't hear any of the previous uh, teachings on 1 Corinthians, You can uh, find them there or, of course, here on YouTube where we stream live. We don't have much of a presence at all on YouTube, um, but we have more of a presence uh, in podcast format, but from an audio standpoint. But yeah, like I said, I will jump back and do um, Acts chapter 17 again at a later date but I'm just going to kind of continue on with my impromptu readings here of uh, the book of 1 Corinthians, and I've come to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and so if you're in a position where you can do so, you can go ahead and open up your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and you can follow along with us there. So the Apostle Paul, he continues on here in his instructions that he has given to the believers in the city of Corinth, There are practical instructions on everyday life, um, you know, how we should be living uh, as believers in Jesus, as followers of the King, Jesus Christ. And um, he says in verse one of 1 Corinthians chapter seven, he says, now concerning the things of which you wrote to me. So evidently here we see that they wrote Paul asking some questions, trying to find some things out. Paul was their father in the faith, okay? He's the one that uh, spread the gospel to them, shared the gospel with them, but he said, like in some earlier readings here, we talked about how, you know, um, Apollos planted, he said, and he watered, but it's God who gives the increase. Paul was constantly throughout the first six chapters here, and as we go on into chapter seven, he was constantly just pointing the people to Jesus Christ. That's all he was about, was, was knowing Jesus himself and making Jesus known. And uh, so they, they had some questions for him here. And he says, so concerning the things that you wrote to me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Wow. Jumping right into something here, aren't we? Let's, let's read on. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife okay, so there 's the key. Paul is stressing here marriage, okay, and I talked about that i can 't remember if it was in the last uh, you know in chapter six of Corinthians or chapter five somewhere in there I stressed that you know, and uh, marriage is honorable, marriage is honorable, and God designed marriage, okay. I know what our society our society is like today. Uh, I know what people have done to marriage today, and how they label marriage and whatever makes them feel good is in, in you know concerning what they think marriage is. But we're talking about marriage from a biblical standpoint here. We're talking about marriage as God designed it, as God created a male and a female, a man and a woman, right? And Paul's saying because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Okay, so in order to avoid sexual immorality, you get married. Plain and simple. That's how you avoid sexual immorality. Otherwise, if you're having sex outside of marriage, it's called fornication, right? Uh, Could be called adultery however you're doing it, right? But it's not God's design and it is sexual immorality to do such a thing, okay? So as he says, let the husband render to his wife the affection to her and likewise also the wife to her husband. Keep in context here. What kind of affection are we talking about? Well, we're talking about sexual affection, okay? So that, that, the place for that is, is between the husband and the wife, okay? And that's it. And he says, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. And likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does, okay? So that's, that's the deal in marriage. That's the way it works, okay? You can't actually sit there as a wife and say, well, no, you're not having this, But you're outside of God's will if you're doing that. Likewise, the husband, you're outside of God's will if you're doing that. This is the word of God we're studying here. People like the Apostle Paul was somebody chosen by God, chosen specifically by the Lord Jesus Christ to do what he's doing, led by the Spirit, he's writing what he's writing, okay? And he says in verse 5, do not deprive one another except with consent for a time, Now, what might be the reason that you're going to consent for a period of time to, you know, abstain from one another as a husband and wife? Well, he says that you may give yourself to fasting and prayer and come together again so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Remember, excuse me. (coughs) Remember, he was talking about sexual immorality that could take place if, first of all, you weren't married. So get married. And then when you are married, let sex have its proper place here. And he's given practical instruction on this matter. But he says, if you do agree, if there is a time of consent where you're not going to come together as a husband and wife sexually, well, don't make it too long. Get back together so that Satan does not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Okay. It's interesting there. We got to keep in mind here the, the previous six chapters that we've looked at here in 1 Corinthians. And we've got to keep in mind that these Corinthian believers were behaving badly. They were just, you know, and that's what Paul's doing. He's rebuking them. He's instructing them, you know, and saying, hey, you got to stop this stuff. You got sexually immoral people sitting in your church and you're doing nothing about it. Sitting amongst you. And you're, you're doing nothing about it. And there's especially a case, Paul said, where a man had his his father's wife. And he says, this isn't even named amongst unbelievers. Deal with this and deal with it before I get there because I'm going to deal with it, he said. You know, he was warning them, you know? So there was sexual immorality. So again, if you're going to consent to a time, you know, these people had, a lack of self-control, but where do we get self-control? Does that ring a bell to any of you Bible, you know, scholars out there or whatever you want to call yourself? I'm definitely not a Bible scholar. But you know, those of you out there that read the Bible, does that ring a bell to you, the word self-control? Where do we get that from? Well, we only get that from the Holy Spirit, right? It is a fruit of the Spirit, self-control, temperance, right? We get that. Only by being filled with and walking in the spirit, okay? The Apostle Paul, in his writings, encourages believers to do that as well, to walk in the spirit. Why? So that you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, the scripture says. So that's the importance of being filled with the spirit and led by the spirit. Also, when you're filled with the spirit and you're led by the spirit, you have the wisdom of the spirit to like, if there is, if you're in a position in your church, you're a believer in your church and you've got people in the church that are in sexual uh, immorality, well, you step up and you do something about it because you're led by the spirit yourself and you take care of it. And that's what Paul is teaching here. But he's telling them, look, these people have been acting with a lack of of self-control in the way they've been doing things. So he's saying, hey, look, come on, let me teach you guys something here. Let me teach you, first of all, what sex is for, marriage. And then when we get married, the the woman body belongs to the husband. The husband's body belongs to the woman. Don't defraud one another in this, okay? Um, and uh, otherwise, and, you know, stay stay together with this because Satan will come in and tempt you because of your lack of self-control, he's telling them. But he says in verse six, though, he he says, but I say this as a concession, not a commandment. And he says this, right? So in other words, he's saying, be together as husband and wife. Come together as husband and wife. But I'm kind of conceding that because Paul is going to kind of go on to express that to him uh, there's a better way, right and and uh, i'll I'll touch on that a little bit more deeper here in a couple minutes, I think. but um, he says, so but I say this as a concession, not as a commandment because look look what Paul says here in verse seven. He says, For I wish that all men were even as myself, but each but each one has his own gift from God' One in this manner and another in that manner. What's Paul talking about? Well, that's going to unfold. We're going to see here what he's talking about. But uh, but notice though that it would be a gift from God to remain, um, you know, where you're not going to, I can't think of the word right now. The word's escaping me. And you're probably, if anybody's listening or watching, you're probably going to yell that word at me. But, you know, to to abstain, Uh, would be a gift from God. So most men, most women are going to desire to get married and to be with their husband, to be with their wife, whichever the case may be, right? Otherwise, again, I'm going to stress this. Otherwise, again, if you're having sex outside of marriage, you are sexually immoral uh, in accordance with the scriptures here. But he goes on in verse eight and he says, but I say to the unmarried and to the widow, it is... Good for them if they remain even as I am. So at this point in his life here, Paul was unmarried. Um, he was you know, either a widower or whichever the case may be, he wasn't married. And he's saying, hey, this is the best thing. Because Paul was dedicated and devoted to one thing, and uh, that was to spread the word of God, to spread the gospel. And he says, but if they cannot exercise self-control in verse 9, let them marry. There you go again. That's the answer. And again, the majority of people cannot have self-control when it comes to sex. So what you want to do is get married. That's the answer. Get married. Why? Well, because if you don't get married and you have sex, you're sexually immoral, You will not inherit the kingdom of God. So it's a very important thing, right? Get married. For it is better to marry, Paul says, than to burn with passion. Now to the married, in verse 10, Paul says, to the married, I command you, yet not I, but the Lord, a wife is not to depart from her husband. A wife is not to depart from her husband but even if she does the part, let her remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. In other words, if there's going to be a divorce, if you're going to separate from your husband, um, you're going to have to remain unmarried. Don't marry again or be reconciled to your husband. That's the only choice. And likewise, verse 11 finishes with the... With the. Uh, Flip side of the coin. Um, and he says, and a husband is not to divorce his wife. Then he goes on in verse 10. So, so, or excuse me, in verse 10, he says, now to the married. Then in verse 12, he says, but to the rest, the rest of you, I not the Lord say, if any brother has a wife who does not believe and she is willing to live with him, let him not divorce her. So if you've got a wife, she's a Unbelievers, same thing. Look at verse 13. And a woman who has a husband who does not believe if he is willing to live with her, let her not divorce him. Okay? So he's, he's encouraging, stay together, stay together, stay together, come what may, no matter what, stay together. You know, uh, you hear, we hear pastors say this all the time, right, um, that ma- marriage is, or excuse me, divorce it's so easy nowadays. So it's so cheap. So easy. I think I've even seen signs. It's been a long time since I've seen the sign, but I remember seeing a billboard in Phoenix that was twenty nine dollar divorce. <laughs> you know? and it's so cheap and it's so easy and it's so common. You know, they say that. I say they say because I've not done the research myself to know the numbers, but um, that divorce amongst. Christians and I want to do this, you know, quotation Christians here, uh, is as high as it is with unbelievers, you know, as if that's a shock, and it is a shock, and it should be a shock, if we were talking about, quote, "real Christians, right? Bible-believing Christians. Why do I say that? Well, look what the Bible teaches. Look what we're reading here about divorce and such. You don't have a reason for it. Stay together. So if you claim to be a Christian and you truly are a Christian, well, then you are a Christian that is obedient to the word of God. You're obeying the word of God. And if you're obeying the word of God, well, then you're not going to divorce. You know, times get hard in marriage, you know, because mainly because a lot of times you have two hard heads, right? Two hard headed people. Uh, When I say hard headed, uh, you know, we 're all hard headed, right? We all get set in our ways if we admit to it. There are certain things we think, certain ways we look at situations and all of that kind of stuff and it 's not always going to be the same with your spouse now over the years, you might develop some uh, you know some unity there that that where you 're thinking alike in a lot of situations, but there 's also going to be s- so much where you 're not thinking alike where it's not the same. Now, this shouldn't be the case when it comes to the Bible. That does not apply. That does not apply, okay? we Like Paul told the Corinthians earlier on in these chapters here that we've read, there should be unity amongst us. There should be unity of the believers. And if you're a believer and your wife is a believer, man, and and you, woman, if you're a believer, a true believer in Jesus, a follower of Jesus, obedient to his word, and your husband is a believer, well, then the unity comes in the Word of God. You're definitely going to be united there. You may have difference of opinions here or there, but you don't defraud one another. You don't abuse one another. You don't hold back what belongs to the other, as we're reading about here in this chapter. You know, that, that doesn't apply. We have to be obedient to the Word of God, no matter what. We have to be obedient to the word of God, the will of God. There may be other things you disagree on, how to cook an egg, whatever. I don't know, you know, but you need to be in agreement with the word of God. So anyway, let's go on. Let me take a drink. Iced tea with lemonade. Arnold Palmer, right? though I have to give credit to my wife because she was drinking that before it ever became called an Arnold Palmer. So anyway, for the unbelieving husband, verse 14, is sanctified by the wife and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. So marriage is honorable. We call it, You know, I call it when I uh, do a wedding, when I, you know, officiate a wedding or when I talk to a couple in regards to marriage, I love the term holy matrimony. It's a holy matrimony because it's ordained by God, created by God. A man and a woman come together as one flesh, and there's a holy matrimony. And if you're with, and Paul's saying, hey, hey husband, if you're with an unbelieving wife, stay with her. Keep the family structure good. Let the children see that there's something holy here. Let the children see that you are honoring marriage. And you, wife, if you're with an unbelieving husband, stay with him. Let the children see that there's something good here, that the marriage is honorable. You know, Why is divorce seem to be perpetuated, especially within families that get divorced? where there is divorce? The rate is higher that the children who get married are going to get divorced if their parents were divorced. Why is that? Because you're painting a picture. You're setting the example. And the Bible's teaching us that no matter what, we're going to stay together. We're going to stay together because it's a holy matrimony. Because, you know, I tell people too, and it's it's kind of a, a scary thing for me to be honest with you. When I do a wedding, it's scary in the sense that well, what if this couple divorces someday? Um, now I've not had that with any weddings that I've done. You know, um, I've you know had people that have were on the verge of it, and I got together with them, sat down and talked to them, and uh, they changed their minds, thankfully. But um, you know, it's kind of scary to think like, man, what I'm doing here, these people are going to take the name of the Lord. Because when, when when I marry somebody, it's being all done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you divorce, then you are a person that is now taking the name of the Lord in vain. You've taken the name of the Lord in vain. Okay. If you divorce. Verse 15, but if the unbeliever departs, let him depart. A brother or a sister is not under bondage in such cases, but God has called us to peace. So we should be peacemakers, right? Remember Jesus taught that Matthew chapter five, sermon on the Mount. We're to be peacemakers and we need to keep peace amongst each other in our marriage. Okay. And, uh, excuse me. If, uh, But if an unbeliever departs, there's nothing you can do about it. They just say, I'm not going to be with you. You are a believer. What are you going to do? Stop being a believer? No, you're going to stay the course in Jesus Christ, right? You're going to stay the faith. So there's nothing you can do about that situation, Paul's saying. For how do you know, O wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, O husband, whether you will save your wife? You know, I think that that really belongs to the work of the Holy Spirit anyway. He says, but as God has distributed to each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And so I ordain in all the churches. In other words, you know, were you married when you came to the Lord? Well, you know, there ain't no reason to divorce. Well, look, let's let's read what he says here. He says, was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? Let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. Think about all the religious disputes. I mean, we even see religious disputes within the Bible, you know, about Keeping this law, you know, disciples of Jesus eating with unwashed hands, um, you know, circumcision, uncircumcision, all the disputing that was going on about that. And today in our society, we have so many different religions, so many different, you know, ordinances that churches have and ways about them well if you don't do this well then you're not really saved well if you don't do that then you're not part of us and we're the true church no 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 we're the true church you know we got all that kind of stuff goes on but what matters Paul says here at the end of verse 19 is keeping the commandments of God how are you living that's all that matters how are you living not not what your church says or what your church does or what your church thinks your denomination or your non-denomination people divide up over both of those things non-denominations divide up fight with one another fuss with one another denominations do the same thing right he goes let each one verse 20 let each one may remain in the same calling in which he was called were you called a slave during that time? There was the slavery. Do not be concerned about it. But if you can be made free, rather use it. Yeah, it's, it's of course it's better to get free. Paul wasn't dealing with that situation here in these teachings. So, he, but he's what he's dealing with is people coming to Christ. So whether you're a slave or whether you are free, it's a matter of keeping the command, commandments of God and serving the Lord. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. So either way, right? (laughs) We're a slave to Christ or we're free in Christ, and both of those apply in our lives. We've been set free by Jesus Christ, set free from sin and death. We have eternal life. We're going to be with the Lord throughout all of eternity, Um, But we are his slave because he is our king and we are his servants. We are the subjects of the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. We keep his commandments. We do what he wants us to do. We obey his word. That's why I'm taking my time here today to go uh, through this teaching here verse by verse with you and let you kind of see what the word of God is saying. Okay? Okay. So let's go on here. Where did I leave off? Um, You were bought with a price. Verse 23, do not become slaves of men. So there you go. Slaves of men. In other words, where you live a life, where you're keeping up with the Joneses, right? You're trying to do what everyone else around you is doing. You have someone in your life that influences you or you think is cool or you like the way they live or whatever because you're, you're covetous, your' your envy, envy, you're envying them. and uh, you know, you belong to Jesus. That's all that matters is that we keep the commands of the Lord. I don't need to keep the commands of no one else. No denominational church, nothing like that, no religion. I'm keeping the commands of Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. He's above all. I'm a part of the body of Christ that has one head. And it's not a church. It's not a pastor. It's not the Pope. It's not any of that stuff. The one head of the body is Jesus Christ. There's one mediator between God and man. And that's Jesus Christ. Verse 24, brethren, let each one remain with God in that state in which he was called. Now, concerning virgins, I have no commandment from the Lord, yet I give judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. I suppose, therefore, that it is good because of the present distress, that is, it is good, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound by a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loose from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But even if you do marry, you have not sinned. And, a virgin, and if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Nevertheless, such will have trouble in the flesh. But I would spare you. Okay, now, first of all, let me comment on something here. A virgin in the Bible, from a biblical standpoint, is an unmarried woman. Plain and simple, why? Because sex is for marriage. So you're a virgin until you're married. Then when you're married, you lose your virginity. That's when you lose your virginity. So when the Bible talks about a virgin, um, it talks about an unmarried woman because, well, that's just common knowledge that you're not gonna be sexually immoral, immoral. Right now, look, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We fall short, but God has offered something to you. If you're in a position in your life where you've somehow come upon this teaching, and uh, don't there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ, you just have to come and be in Jesus Christ, you just have to be born again of the Spirit, and there's no condemnation. You're set free, the old has passed away. And all things have become new, okay? But here's the problem in today's Christianity, and, and uh, I, I hesitate to even call it Christianity, right? Is you have people that say they're Christians, say they're born again, they have the spirit of the Lord within them, but yet they have sex outside of marriage and they commit sexual immorality. And they think somehow that they're okay with this. But that's not the grace of God. That's not what the grace of God teaches us. Okay? So Paul's saying, you know, he's sticking to this whole subject here about marriage and divorce, and he's stressing again look, it's better if you can stay unmarried, you know, remain a virgin, stay unmarried, and don't be bound to a wife. He says, he says there in verse 26, he says, I suppose, therefore, that it is good because of the present distress that it is good for a man to remain as he is. So this was very specific to a time right here when he says, because of the present distress. And that word distress in the Greek is a word that speaks of um, persecution and such. So there was some persecution going on. Back in this day and age, um, against Christians. It was a tough time to live as a Christian. We don't have that today. I mean, not as of this moment here in the United States of America, anyway. We don't have this problem where, you know, we're under great distress as Christians. I mean, Christianity, if Christianity were a little bit more real, where we were truly living as Christians, we might be getting persecuted a little bit more. But again, when you see numbers like, well, the divorce rate is the same amongst Christians and all that kind of stuff, um, you know, Christianity is just a joke in the world. You know, it's not, you know, I I used to have the attitude, well, yeah, Christianity is not all that great, but it's the only boat afloat, man. I'm starting to think differently about that. That boat is sinking quick. And we need to get back to the place where we are obedient to the word of God, where we're born again to the spirit, where we're walking in the commands of God and we're living holy lives, separated, set apart from the world, not looking like the world. OK, so but anyway, Paul's saying there's this present distress that's going on now that, you know, a lot of people debate that. What, what could that mean? Well, it could mean when we read like the first six chapters of the book of uh, First Corinthians here. We see that they were living in an immature manner. They were living, they were, they were saying, I am of Apollos, I am of Paul. They were dividing up. They were allowing sexually immoral people in their church sitting there and all that. And Paul's saying, man, <laughs> this is a problem. You guys got a problem here. You, you have no self-control. You have no self-control whatsoever. The fruit of the spirit wasn't you know, operating amongst them. In the in the way that they should have allowed the Spirit to be working in their lives, so he's kind of giving them instructions here based on the present distress. But Paul's saying, you know, hey, the way the times are looking, you know, maybe it's better for you just to to be like me, stay unmarried. Let's preach the gospel. Let's get people ready for. the coming of Jesus, right? But he says in verse 29, I'll move on here. But this I say, brethren, the time is short so that from now on, or even those who have wives should be as though they had none. Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they did not possess and those who use this world as not misusing it for the form of this world is passing away. That was true in Paul's day. It is true in our day. It is even more true in our day. You you just watch the news and you cannot believe what this world is looking like. I tell you what, I'm gonna give a little plug to some YouTube videos that I've come upon recently that I've been watching for the past few days, but you wanna see something crazy Look at Kensington, Philadelphia. Go, go search Kensington, Philadelphia on YouTube. People are zombies. People are on drugs. It's just, you might think, what? is this even in our world? Is this even the United States of America? And I'm telling you that the answer is Jesus. Every soul needs Jesus. They must be born again. People are seeking something, and they're looking for it in sex. They're looking for it in drugs. They're looking for it in boyfriends. They're looking for it in girlfriends and sneakers and shoes and clothing and cars and all of that kind of stuff. But you'll find no peace. You'll find no rest. You'll find no hope until you come to Jesus, and you must repent. You must repent of your own ways, your own beliefs, your own way of doing things, and you must come to a point where you're going to follow the commandments of the Lord. Look, I know I'm going long today. But uh, for those of you that are really in- interested, you're going to stick with this. But, but I want you to be without care, Paul says in verse 32. Uh, he, he who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord how he may please the Lord, but he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. Look, that's an important subject right there. You see, I care about the things of the Lord, but I have to take care of my wife. You know, I I have to get up and I have to go to work. I have to have a job. I have to do the things that I do to take care of my wife. Right. And, uh, I want to please the Lord in this manner and, and hope that I please my wife in this manner, right? Um, so I care about the Lord and that's why I do what I do and spend the time here doing what I'm doing. But I have uh, things to do in life that uh, pertain to my wife that I've, that I've got to take care of, right? He goes, there is a difference between a wife and a virgin. Check this out. Follow the content here, verse 34. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. Notice that a virgin is not a wife. And a wife is not a virgin. Now he says the unmarried woman, who's the unmarried woman? The virgin. Remember what I said earlier? That's how the Bible sees it. The unmarried woman is the virgin. She's kept her virginity. And she cares about the things of the Lord that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. See that she's keeping her body holy. She's a virgin and she's unmarried and she's serving the Lord. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So it's the flip side of what I said a moment ago about pleasing my wife. My wife has to live that same way. She has to live in a way of what pleases me. You know? So what do you have? What do you have When, excuse me, when when I please my wife and my wife pleases me, we have matrimony. We have a holy matrimony. Why is it holy? Well, because we keep our marriage set apart. That's what the word holy means. But we're being obedient to the word of God when we do such a thing, right? So, and this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. So again, he's stressing this. He's kind of stressing, hey, if you can remain unmarried, if you can control yourself sexually, then um, you know, do it. Serve the Lord in this way. That's what he's teaching. He's teaching this church. That's what our churches should be teaching today, making disciples, equipping the saints. That's what churches should be doing. Equipping the saints, right? But if any man thinks he is behaving improperly, verse 36, toward his virgin, if she is past the flower of youth and thus it must be, let him do what he wishes. He does not sin, let him marry. Okay? So, past the flower of her youth. This woman, uh, God wants us to be fruitful. God wants us to multiply. God wants us to have children. Paul's, Paul's, again, Paul's dealing with a specific subject here. He's talking about, hey, if you can, if you're gonna serve the Lord, we're living in a present distress. It seems hard today, he says. You know, there's persecution against the church. And if you can remain unmarried and we can continue to spread the gospel, that's what he's encouraging them to do. But, it's, but marriage surely is not a sin. Marriage is honorable right and he says nevertheless he who st- who he who stands steadfast in his heart having no necessity right but has power over his own will and has so determined in his heart that he will keep his virgin does well okay so that's all again i just said all this i'm not going to repeat it but there was a present day distress going on okay so and if if you can remain a virgin do but if not Hey, it's not a sin to get married. That's for sure, right? So then he who gives her in marriage does well, but he who does not give her in marriage does better. A wife is bound by the law as long as her husband lives. That's why we use the words in marriage till death do us part. Excuse me, I had to take another drink. Uh, we do. We, we use those words in a marriage ceremony till death d- does us part, Right? But if her husband dies, verse 39, she is at liberty to be married to whom she wishes, only in the Lord. In other words, yeah, I'm going to marry some non believer. And the same applies to the husband as well. But he says in verse 40, but she is happier if she remains as she is, according to my judgment. And I think I also have the Spirit of God. So Paul's saying, if you become a widow or you've become a widower, and you can keep self-control. You can keep control over your body. You can, you know, abstain from sexual immorality. Well, then go ahead and do so. Paul's saying, you know, remain that widow, but don't burn with passion. And definitely, you're not going to go out and be sexually immoral. So you need to marry. So, anyway, an interesting chapter here. Yeah, I'm going almost 41 minutes now talking about this chapter. Um, so, uh, once again, I'd like to say if you need any help on spiritual matters, you have any questions, go ahead and reach out to us. Go to our website, aloveoutreach.com. Fill out the contact form, and I will reply to you there. Um, God bless. Have a Bless Sunday. We will see you next time.